Hello and welcome to the See For Yourself podcast, uh, the podcast of ridiculous exclamations and movie dissections. I am your host for today. You know when you like boil a lobster, but like you get it out of the boiling and you can see like its eyes? You know that? That's my name. <laughs> I'm joined today by two of some of our favorite uh, companions. Oh, I'm 90s kid bop, kids bop star, Shirley Nomi. Uh, I'm, I'm 90s kids bop enjoyer. Uh... Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? And Shirley Nomi. Shirley Nomi. Uh, Shirley Nomi. Oh, sorry, I apologize. This must be a... Is that a Norwegian name? Or? It's the Japanese, actually. Oh, Japanese. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yes. Speaking of Japanese, today's episode is on the very Japanese... I believe this is a, uh, a cultural artifact from Japan. Sure. Uh, samurai Cop. Oh, or, sounds like a classic. It, I, I, classic in the making. Oh. For sure. It's, it's a rising star. So we're just going to go ahead. This was a 1989 B-movie. Kind of on a B-movie kick, apparently. Uh, And I'm going to go ahead and read you just the plot synopsis here, if the name of the film wasn't enough. A bitter samurai cop and his sidekick intend to get their revenge and bravely try to go after the Yakuza. And that's the plot for our film. Let's hear some wild speculation from Shirley Naomi and uh, who the hell are you? I love that we usually uh, we had brought up previously on this podcast that we're like... Maybe we'll make speculations on if they're gonna say the, say the name of the movie. That they said the name of the movie in the blurb. Like we've already crossed the bridge. So what you're saying is that you believe the word samurai cop is going to be used in the film. The first 15 minutes of the film, I think he's going to introduce himself as samurai cop at some point. My question for you is this: Do you think it'll be a bit, or do you think they'll play it straight? Are they going to be like samurai cop? Is a normal thing. We're all going to just treat this like. Well, here's what I'm desperate to know because the synopsis sort of implies that he is a samurai cop. So is the whole department samurai cops? Is this just normal? He's just one of the samurai cops, right? And why is it that he has a sidekick and not perhaps a partner? Okay, so hold on. I love how you immediately took it to. There's. It says (laughs) a. She did the me thing. A samurai. (laughs) Yeah. So it says a samurai cop, and you immediately took it right to. The entire department is Samurai Cops. You know, it'd be almost weirder if that wasn't the case. I think you're right. You're right. It is much more normal. (laughs) Like, they just let this one guy, like, run around with what? Like, a katana? So, which is it? I, you know what? My, my guess is, unfortunately, he's probably going to be the only one. But that's going to be a little disappointing. But, like, it brings up so many more questions as to, like, why? Why is this one cop... Did he train himself as the samurai cop, or did the police department oh, train him as a samurai cop? I want, yeah. The state has paid know. for his samurai training. Is that what you believe? I would. I hope not so. just his training. I want the this whole, to be the whole department. <laughs> oh, so 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 you believe that it's the whole department? You're you're I, fucking. I want it to be. Look, okay. if there aren't red and blue flashing lights on these katanas, like I'm going to be disappointed. So his his sidekick, as opposed to partner. As opposed to you know, like, another samurai cop, because they did say sidekick. They didn't say two samurai cops like, going on the beach. Sidekick implies like that person isn't even a cop. I also do. I do want to point out that I think that it is kind of just typical like movie parlance where it's like one of them has to be the cool thing, and then one of them has to be like the regular guy. So like that's typically how movies work out, right? One's the, the normal dude, and then the other one's like the I can fly into the sun guy. You know. So is the sidekick gonna be more cop? Sidekick or more samurai sidekick? Because you know that, like the the samurai had the people that were like, "Hey, this is the guy that puts on my samurai armor," or "This is the guy that like sharpens the swords." Is he going to be that, or is he going to be like, "The fuck's wrong with you?" and draw his gun? Oh my god, that's a very good question. Uh, do we have a situation where he's literally like curated his sidekick to support his like samurai needs, or is it they're, they're like the the <laughs> what if 
the department is like treating him like like they're like yeah we have a guy he thinks he's a samurai he's not actually a samurai like what if that's the thing like he's not actually a samurai this is a this is a darn coyote in in samurai (laughs) cop future and he's they just like give him the sidekick guy like yeah we're just giving like a really normal guy and hopefully he will like guide this to some actual like like look man we're just gonna put you on track duty for a little while what what sort of like in world exceptions are we gonna have to make because like cops have rules that they're supposed to follow um, not in action not, movies. Not, that's right. Not in action movies. So you can't just shoot the guy. So they're obviously going to shoot the guy. But you said B movie. Are we going to see like heads flying and super soakers of blood? If there's if there is any righteousness in this world, we'll get to see that. You know what? I don't think. You know what? The whole department is not going to be samurai cops. But there's going to be a heartwarming moment at the end where they're like samurai cop. That was some really good work you put in there. Can you teach the rest of the department to do the samurai thing? I, I hope think- that that's. I hope that's what they call him. That has to. That has to. That is the formulaic answer to the end of the movie. That has to be it. I do. Uh, I do want to point out this is a 1980s movie, so they didn't set up for sequels like they do now. Where like I think what you're describing right now is the perfect like current film where we're like we'll set up for a sequel even if we don't do one. Like it'll be there. You know. I mean, sure, but there has to be like a heartwarming ending where they're like, "Hey, weird samurai cop guy, you actually had all the answers. Please, please teach us to do the samurai cop thing." Or they could do it the opposite way, where at the start of the film he is that, like the very beginning of the film, they're like, "We're calling in the samurai cop to come and fix all these horrible problems we've got," and they like outsource for this badass dude to come in and fuck shit up. Uh, and then by the end of the movie, you know, like they're just like, "Wow, he really did just." blow us away with the crazy samurai cop shit he was doing but we're kind of like terrified by how kick-ass he is so it's not like so he's like basically like SWAT tier of law enforcement it's what the S in SWAT is for it's the samurai yeah what was it they did that in like Pulp Fiction where they're like call in the wolf and then they like call in this dude to like fix something or other it was when they like shot the guy in the in the car and they had to have him come in and like clean it up and make it look like it never happened and make Mm. it go away basically Mm. and that's kind of what they do is like He's, like, a really cool guy, and he does, like, his job really well, and they rely on him, but every time they interact with him, they're kind of like, whoa, at arm's length, like, oh, this guy is uh, a little intense, like, you know. So I I wonder if it'll be like that, where they, like, call in the samurai cop, and everybody else is just playing it really straight, but he's like, I am a fucking, a mad dog. You don't ask for the samurai unless you need the samurai. So what I'm really curious about is uh, where, where do you expect this to take place? Because it implies to me Japan. I think it would be weird, They're going especially after the weird if it wasn't. Well, it's not as if Yakuza's never appeared in America ever. Sure. But it is it is very much a Hollywood thing for them to be like at the scale, you know, where a guy needs to come in and fuck shit up. I do, I do think for whatever reason, and I don't know if this is just like that period in Hollywood for me but like in my mind as I'm hearing this description I'm like Miami Miami Florida for some reason that is where wild cop hijinks happen yeah like wild cop shit goes down there absolutely if you were like yeah there's a samurai on our cop force in like I don't know Wisconsin uh, yeah Wisconsin that'd be weird as shit but in Florida you're like Yep, and you have an alligator as like a instead of a, a, a like a that's a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just a gator, and uh, <laughs> like. this is what I hope happens. This is the movie I'm picturing. Anything less, I'm going to be very disappointed. Just to be clear, and we said we were going to try to do this more often, and we're we're very bad at it, but we're going to we're going to do our best. I have seen this movie, and my two compatriots have not. So I'm coming in with a little bit more, and uh, I will tell you now, a couple of your, your wish list is not going to be fulfilled. But I, really? Aww. A couple of things. Yeah, a couple <laughs> of things don't get don't end up happening. The, the, I mean, the alligator thing was a little, a little, a little high out there. there. I mean, it does, it does rely like, on it my... it sounds like a good movie. It does rely on my Florida thing, I think. Because mm-hmm. if you were just like, this, this, takes, 
this takes place in Michigan, you know? The alligator thing would be really weird. Not weirder than having a samurai on the police force, per se, but definitely we would be jumping the shark at this point, I think. I think the samurai cop thing is maybe excusable if you explain it right, but the alligator sidekick is like, no, that's that's too wild, right? Especially in Michigan. In Florida, though, perfectly reasonable. Yeah, Uh, so what of the things that you guys have stated so far... Do you think are unreasonable asks and are not going to be in, or just like, if I think as hard as I can, this prediction is not a very good one? What are, what are the ones that you're sort of like leaning on heavily being like, ah, that's not quite it? I definitely, I mean, if we're going to talk about realistic expectations, because I, I think that it would be awfully funny to have a whole police force of samurai, um, I don't think that's going to happen. That's exactly what I was going to say, too. Is I, He's probably the only samurai cop. It's disappointing as he's that's going to be. He's probably got a normal sidekick. Yeah. Okay, question. The samurai cop, is he going to be in, like, full samurai mode the entire time? Or do you think he's going to be, like, a regular guy? Or is he... Like, tell me... Describe the samurai cop to me. I think the samurai cop is going to be, like, you know, black slacks, blue shirt, policeman. Okay. With sword. Just, he has a katana on his back at all times. On, on his hip. Because on he's, okay. he's got to be, like, as as traditional as possible, but still, that like, I don't think he went full on. He's like, i got to light the incense in my helmet before we bust okay. in the door. I don't think it's going to be that. So, so you're very much, in your mind, you're painting this up to be, like, heavy cop, light samurai. Yeah, like, um, three ninjas. They were just three white kids. Sure. Who did ninja stuff, kind of. Speaking of white kids, this is a Hollywood movie. I imagine this is... So it's going to be a white dude in Japan, weirdly. Sure. Weirdly enough. His uniform is going to be slightly different, distinct from everyone else's. Yeah. Uh, definitely not department standard, mm-hmm. I guess I would say. It's going to be a white dude, obviously. Because Hollywood in the 80s, and, you know. This sure. is what I expect. And uh, he's going to have a katana in his hip. Okay. Hopefully also a gun. But Ooh. probably not. Do you think he would have a gun? I think he's not going to have the gun. I think there's going to be a reason why he can't have a gun. And so he brings the sword. Oh. Like, I don't know. He's like, I'm terrified. I don't know. Gun killed my dog once or something like that. What you're describing right now is literally Batman. You think that Samurai Cop is going to be Bruce Wayne. Yeah, yeah. Han Solo is Batman. Just without the cape. Maybe maybe no mask. Cool sunglasses. And also he's perfectly fine sunglasses with killing people. Sunglasses at night is definitely going to happen. My uh, follow-up question here that I just uh, sort of thought of. There are a lot of jobs that a cop can have. What job is Samurai Cop fulfilling? Is he a meter maid? Is he a detective? Is he, like, forensics? Like, which of He's these? anti-Yakuza, clearly. He's, like, gang. That's his only job. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gang, gang enforcement or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. That's it. So you're telling me we're not going to get to see a scene where a guy in, like, a full-on, like, shogun outfit is going to be going around, uh, like, telling people, oh, hey, you've been you've been over by about 15 minutes, like, I've, I've watched you, your car, you know, I'm going to have to charge you, you just go up to the court and you, you pay the fee and it's not a big deal. You don't think Samurai Cop's going to direct traffic? I, I think, I'm, I'm asking you! I'm, I want oh. to know if you guys have even thought of this yet. So uh, I, definitely not, it sounds but I want that fun. to happen. Uh, that sounds like the fun thing to do. And it would start our samurai cop at a low point, too. He's just he's just trying to be a samurai cop, you know? And they're starting him off on meter maid. That sucks. I, I feel like um, they're not... Fucking hell. I feel like they're not going to lean that hard on the samurai. Like, I would love it if this was uh, like the samurai spaghetti theater thing. Where it's like, yo! Would be nice. I want to see the rise of samurai cop. <laughs> Need him a samurai. <laughs> we can make him stronger faster. We have the technology. <laughs> and they just put him in the suit. <laughs> it's literally just the technology is putting a shogun outfit on him where he's yep. got the big, like, general's kabuto and everything. You know? It's horrible. I can't see anything in this. 
wow, he's, he, he seems more threatening to criminals. <laughs> um, but okay, I think that's about as far as we're going to get with this. Does anybody have any closing statement before we get into watching the movie and then come back and talk more about it? I can't wait for this movie. I'm excited too. Yeah, I'm, I can't wait to see why what the smart thing is that happens. Probably won't be one. <laughs> I hope there isn't. I hope there is. Uh, let's, let's, yeah, let's get into it. So we are back, and I just want to... I know that the last thing that we said before we left was how James was so excited to see some smart stuff in this movie. James, just go ahead and just gush about all the smart things you know. It's true. All of it's true. The ci- the cinematic choices, the uh, crashing wave jizz scene, as, as uh, you so nicely put it, and the humor. So subtle. Mwah. Chef's kiss. On point. Ashley, let's, let's, let's hear what you've got for yes. us. That was uh, the best movie I've ever seen. Cool. I mean, the cinematography, beautiful. I love the part where <laughs> they forgot to put the sounds in for the gun. Or or the part where the guy was very clearly talking and nothing was coming out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Four sets that. of titties. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Four whole sets of titties yep. and one mostly butthole. Oh, yeah. And, and at the very least, we're going to go ahead and set 10 minutes, 10 minutes of nudity on screen. Got it. Easily. Is that, is that it? Easily. Because, boy, did it feel like more. Oh, so let's talk about a couple of the things that the movie brings up that are like kind of strikingly like conversation worthy. Sure. Um, I think the first one that we really noticed and we all kind of like had like a collective like, oh my God, there's so much here uh, is the nurse scene, right? Oh God. Right. Uh, I, I think I literally had to say like, please stop talking about this. We need to save something for the podcast. Yes. It was what? Five minutes of, uh, you like my hair? Nice hair, right? You, you like these tits? Nice, nice tits. Do you want to fuck these tits? So this is kind of the first time this is going to be brought up, and I'm sure it's kind of naturally going to get brought up throughout the podcast, but, like, do you think that that was intentionally meant to be, like, sort of a satirical take on what romantic interaction is supposed to be, or was this just them being like, yeah, this is how guys hit on women, or this is how women hit on guys? Because she's she's coming on to him, for the record. She rolls up on him and is like, you like what you see? Do you want to grab what you see? Do you want to fuck me? Like, she says all these things to him, and he's just kind of like, Joker, Joker. And what a smart joker. He picks up her stethoscope. Bingo. (laughs) Oh, the bingo. I love that she emasculated him at the end. So that is also very interesting. That's the part of it that, to me, might be, this is a satire. Because typically, in this type of movie, the sort of, like, male action fantasy movie, the girl would be like, do you want to fuck me? And he'd be like, yeah. And she'd be like, cool, I'm taking my pants off now. But instead, she goes the other way, where she's like, "All right, well, let me see what you're working with." And I, I am he, a little. Is it, was anyone else upset that he didn't? They didn't show her grabbing his dick. The cuts, the uh, the vertical cuts on the film, have been weird through the whole movie. <laughs> so I don't know if that was a decision they made or not. It just seems inappropriate because there's so much female nudity, so much female sexuality, and then just the one time where like a woman is being sexual at a man, and they didn't show it. I mean, they yeah. I, I'm going to chalk that up to the era that this was made in, where it was being made by men who were like, yeah, we can get them on, we're already paying them, and they're already on camera. Flash the titties. I don't want to see the black guy's dick. Make him wear underwear, and we'll pretend he's not naked. Yeah, yeah, so that was another thing. Later on in the film, they have that scene where he takes his, like, towel off, and they're like, whoa, and then they... And extend like, I'm going to cut off your penis. Yeah, but you can clearly see he's wearing... You can see just the upper hemline. Yeah. Of his boxers. Yeah. So, and, so I'm like, he's, wear, he's wearing pants, like, getting out of the shower? Because they ripped the towel off him, and yeah. I was like... Nope, Ooh. they meant for that not to be in the scene. So that's ended why... Ended up being in there. And anytime I'm looking at this, it's like, there's so many flagrant mistakes. That for them to be like, did they... Did they mean to do it? Did they just, oh, Bob, you were supposed to, well, we're not going to film it again. It's not going to feel natural. Or we're not going to film it again. We don't have the money. 
also that. I think the answer is we don't have the money to shoot that again. I did think it was on on the topic of satire for that one scene. I did think it was nice that um, as you know as the scene's trailing off, um, he's like. No, no, I, I have a big pain. I'll show you my big pain. It, it's huge. It, come back. And um, it, it was almost kind of sad. Like, I was like, like oh, well, you circumcised the doctor myself. I had a good doctor. <laughs> so that was another thing. The idea of like a size queen in the 1980s is very interesting to me because that's a very specific kink that like, is it appropriate for like somebody to be like, hey, I don't want to be with you because of a very specific physical thing that I'm looking for. You're not tall enough. You don't have the right skin color. You don't, you don't have a big enough penis, whatever thing, you know, like. I mean, that's fair enough. I, I, I definitely think that that's an okay thing. Yes, um, absolutely. I disagree. I think that uh, you're certainly allowed to have your preferences and everything, but like even, let's say specifically on the big penis thing, why can't can't like you like a person for whatever reason you like them you think they're attractive or you think that they're very nice to you whatever the fuck you know that you're a size queen you're into bigger penises and you just go and get like a larger dildo or alternatively and this movie this is probably one of the smarter things the movie talks about without really talking about is the idea of like open relationships or like just not being tied down really i guess it's very clear that like samurai himself or joe marshall doesn't he's not pinned down at all he dates whoever he wants, he fucks whoever he wants, and I think it was interesting that they specifically have Peggy do the same thing, or at least try to, where she rolls up on, what's, what was his name, Shepard? No, it's Johnson. His, his name tag said Johnson, but, but she, she, she called him Shepard. So she I'm called assuming, him Pastor. Oh, it was Pastor. Which I think right. was implying that he was, a in her eyes, a prude. Preacher. Yeah. So I Preacher. His, his name was Preacher, so I don't know. If Preacher Johnson? Preacher Johnson. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a good question. Was this meant to be like a, hey, he's free to go around with whoever he wants, I'm going to be free to go around with whoever I want so I'm gonna ask this guy or was it her like poking fun at him because we find out later that he's like got a, a wife Sally to me it implied that he had rejected her in the past where do you get that from because she was so nonchalant about it I think she was poking at him because she knew he'd say no he was like basically go fuck yourself it felt strange to me because it wasn't tied to like anything that happened before or <laughs> none of the scenes were tied to anything <laughs> the whole movie was disjointed I can't tell you what happened that is pretty bar- par for the course in this film. There are a lot of scenes that are just like, and now this. I don't think there was a set of scenes that that could have been placed between that would have made a lot more sense. I do think it is like one of the first scenes where he posts him like making a move on a different woman. Other than the like one throwaway gag with the nurse, he's pretty monogamous with Peggy. And then that other girl comes along and we get a second scene where he's doing non-monogamy stuff. And then sure enough, the movie commits to that being like his end girl. And by the way, how shitty was this movie to Peggy? Oh God. Can, can I just say... Because you said he seemed pretty monogamous with her. It's just she was the first person we saw him fuck. Sure. Every other female that came on that screen. He was like, yes, please fuck. There was eye fucking. Like, there was definitely and blatantly, blatantly right in front of her face. And then he just looks at her and he shrugs. Sure. You know? Yeah. And, and I think the reason I'm saying that he's more monogamous with Peggy is that he does try to backpedal the bit where he says, like, this is the most beautiful woman I've ever been with. And she's like, hey, what the fuck, dude? And then he's like, no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I'm making a joke. And, right and then the lady walks by and he plays with her hair and he's like, oh, that's right. I'm with you, Peggy. Yeah. So, like, it is weird that he's, like, kind of trying to be respectful to Peggy and his monogamous relationship, I, I, question I, I, mark. Uh, no, I totally 100% I definitely think it's him being like, <laughs> I'm a dog, but I am. I'm gonna go fuck her. But at no point does he say in front of Peggy, like, I'm fucking another one. That does not come up. I don't think they even have I don't a think he real discussion, <laughs> Caleb. I don't think there was actually any real constructive discussion. I don't think Peggy belonged in anywhere. Between, in the that is the argument I'm making. Between for the anyone in the film whatsoever. Yeah. 
That's I, that's the argument I'm making for the record. I am saying he doesn't go out of his way to say I'm fucking other women. He's not talking to her about this. He's just doing it. Well, there was actually no meaning a lot of talking to, to this like relationship outside of the fact that like he's he's been there a week. Keep that in mind. He's been pulled in, right? He's been there oh, a week. Oh, that's right. He's only been there a week. And he's, yeah. she, she, he's just fucking her. We also don't know if he's been there before, but it does seem to, the movie does seem to be implying more so that he's new. Hmm. But, like, he, he could have worked there, like, a year ago. I mean, the uh, the other guy cop was kind of, like, I forget exactly what that interaction was, but he's like, so, now that you're going to be working in fucking wherever the, wherever the hell they are, that's like, a, as, it, as if he's doing the introduction. No, he, he came from San Diego. Yes, they're, they're currently in <sighs> Oregon. Yeah. Oh, my either in Oregon or they're somewhere else because they had a lot of different plates in that Yes, movie. we noticed license plates and there was, you saw a California plate, there was an Oregon plate, and I'm just saying I need to point out the calendar while we're on the subject. There was a calendar and one scene that was January 1991, and that was years before this movie was made. Years after the movie was made. After? Yes. When was this movie made? 1985. 1991 was what I saw. That's, I'm not saying after. you're wrong. Oh, oh, okay. I'm telling you 1991 came after 1985. Oh, yeah, you're right. So this is I a just... post-apocalyptic <laughs> tale. Oh, this is six years in the future. I just <laughs> when the Yakuza have invaded Oregon. I think it's weird they made... I don't know if it was a conscious choice or what, but like someone had that... Uh calendar on a weird date. So, so I just think that there was like, this is either meant to be a satirical comedy. No. Or this is the the man movie of the 80s where they're like insensitive to everything. They're like, yeah, this guy's a man because he fucks whoever he wants and women don't have feelings. And he's casually racist, racist to... Asian casually people. very racist because in his process to fuck every woman he meets, he's like, what's a fine American dude? <laughs> a fine American girl doing with all these gooks. And, and all <laughs> American girl like you, yes. The, uh, the assumed American. And by the way, the subtitle said geeks. I am almost 100% sure he said gooks. Oh, he definitely yeah, the subtitles were not great to this movie. If what kills me too is it's like they say he went to Japan and he studied under these masters and blah 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 and he can't he can't remember like a simple Wait, did they actually say he studied under masters? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. That was said. And then he and then like the very next scene is like, so his name was Omaha, Yamaha, or something like that. Yeah. They're like Literally. Toyota, Honda, something like that. One of those Japanese names. Which which one of the Bing Bongs was it? Because yeah. they, they all look the same. It's basically what he's, he said. He's, yeah, he's effectively saying, one of them Chinkonesians, you know, like, and it's just, whew, the 1980s. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he very much is, like, casually being racist towards, like, uh, Asian people. Did, didn't love that. The, <laughs> there's so many things to talk about in this movie. The fact that um, he didn't use a katana until like the last scene of the movie i'm not super knowledgeable about like, but that wasn't that didn't look great that sword didn't look great oh okay so that's something i wanted to bring up because this is my bare bones knowledge what like, does katana my, even mean what oh, oh my god that what <laughs> it means japanese sword yes correct you take a claymore and you take it to japan it's a katana now yeah <laughs> But, um, so several times throughout the movie, we see whoever, uh, the Ruski over there was, the, the big henchman man, mm-hmm. and... He does have a name, it's like Yakimura or something like that, which is kind of weird. Because he's a white dude. Very they, white. They do, that's one of the downfalls of the movie, is that they only mention the names, like, once or twice for any given character, and then you're kind of like, wait, what's this guy's name again? Shit. Right. 
Which is fine. It's not like the name mattered so much. He was Big Henchman Man. Yeah. And he's also supposed to be the other samurai. But they keep on pairing him with the middle-sized sword. Which I think is just your backup sword whenever you've lost the other sword. Or maybe the other sword was more for horseback or something like that. But anyways, not the full-length katana. Yeah. Also, there's several points in the movie where they put a normal-sized gun in this man's hand. And everybody else has, like... Rifles. Has... Not just the... Even the, even the, the six shooters are, like... Big iron, like yeah, they have like magnums, ha- Halloween fucking forty fives and shit yeah. like that. And he's he's got normal, like he's got the little Nazi gun or something like that. And so I don't know if that was them just being like, yeah, we went to the mall and uh, this is what we got, or if they were like trying to make an artistic choice to make him look huge. It could be both, also both. Yeah, it could could very much be both. Like, hey, this is what we had, and hey, it, it does make him look scarier if he's got this tiny a gun that would look right. normal in anybody else's hands. But in his, it looks small. It's yeah. like, uh, have you seen the clip where it's like Shaquille O'Neal drinking, or maybe it's uh, Andre the Giant or something? Anyways, big man, yeah. and he's got like the bottle of water, and he's like, it looks yeah. like an Aquafina 12 ounce or whatever, and he's yeah. just picking it up, and it's like so yeah. tiny. And yeah. so, yeah, like, I feel like there was an artistic, I feel like there was a smart artistic choice there. Like, somebody made a really good decision in that one area. Can we talk about, so who's your favorite, uh, who's your favorite character in the movie, and who do you think does the best acting in the Oh, both both answers are uh, Commissioner Gordon there. The oh, the, the police chief. Okay. Yeah, the police chief. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm gonna. He definitely was the best. Character. Let me present you with another option that I think kind of flew under the radar, and the movie didn't treat this character very well. But every time they're on screen, I'm like, I'm convinced. Like, you sold me on this. Uh, the the redheaded henchman lady. She's like, she's very much like got that like sexy femme fatale. Like, I will. I'm I'm a very attractive woman, but I will fucking kill you. And at every shot, she's just embodying that perfectly. I like that she wasn't... She's probably the only woman we saw in the movie that we didn't see her tits. No, we saw her tits. We did? No. She was the one... No. No. I almost guarantee that was that girl. That guy... That chick was a brunette. That was a different chick, dude. I'm almost certain. Yeah. That was a random chick. I don't think it was a random chick. Big main oh, fruit the, guy. Can, can we look that up? We can be. We can disagree no. on this. Oh, okay. I've actually looked into this already. Oh, okay. It's not. I no. I don't have a. Cl- I don't have oh, an inclusive okay. answer. You know, I don't, I don't feel like they probably documented this movie too well. <laughs> Nobody wanted to be tied to it. <laughs> even the even the lady who's like, I'm not gonna get naked in this movie. Doesn't want to be associated with it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's another thing. Is like. There were there was a like there was another nude scene where the lady wasn't nude at all. She was wearing like a full nighty gown the whole time. She had, and, a, she had a long t-shirt sure, and panties. Whatever, but like it's weird that every other scene is like if they did have any clothes on, they came off very rapidly after that. But this one girl like put it in her contract, like I'll be like kissy lady in the scene, but I don't want to like get naked. I think it's funny that you're assuming like, there were even contracts. I feel like these are just like random people they picked up on the street. And they were like, hey, you want to make a quick two hundred bucks? To be fair, a verbal contract contract is still a contract like if you say i don't want to be naked in the scene and then they try to make you you can take that to court and say we've had a verbal agreement if i was in the movie i wouldn't have to get naked he tried to back down on that and i'm now suing him for that you can do that anytime you're talking to someone you're making contracts effectively their fucking last ditch attempt at like the 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 jizz rock scene i thought i was immediately like that's what they did they did the thing visual storytelling um so i immediately got that and i was like there's somebody making smart comments in like while they're storyboarding somebody's like and then we're, he's gonna nut all over this bitch and it's like ah 
How about a wave crashing on a rock? Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah, good one, Paul. We, we need to sit down and watch Fifty Shades of Grey. I think you're at the point where you can be like, actually, some of the decision-making in this wasn't as bad as, like, we need to watch all three of the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Are, are, they wait, made three? Are there four? There might be four. What? It's either three or four. Look, I've never seen any. There's at least there's three. There's the prequels and then the... <laughs> no, this was the prequel. Remember, the spinoffs are also technically part of the franchise. We're going to see um, Joe Samurai and all the uh, Fifty Shades of Grey movies. It's Samurai Joe Marshall. Yes. Samurai Joe. Samurai's his first name. Oh my god. Okay, okay. Let's talk about that. That fucking scene. After being racist to all of the Asians in the restaurant. Yeah. um, Calling them gooks and what have you. And then they come across the... I'm gonna say he was supposed to be flagrantly gay. Well, he's coded as gay. They never say he's gay, so we do need to make that distinction. The movie never says that he's gay. It doesn't imply... that he's gay, like, explicitly, but it's definitely implicit, and it's definitely coded that way. And the word for it is coding. Okay. And then, yeah, I just, I feel like there was a, a lot of that. And then, um, and, uh, what's your name? For some reason, because we didn't need to know his so name. this is the guy, like, they're going to leave the restaurant, yes, yeah. and he's like, hey, what's this white chick's name? What's the white chick's name? Can you hit on her for me? And he's like, I'll do that for you. Oh, she she owns the restaurant. It's like, oh, really? Yes, her father owned the restaurant. It's like, what happened to him? He died. But how did he die? He killed himself. He <laughs> yes, he, he pantomimes it with his finger. He, like, does the, the gun up against the head, the, the universal sign for it, killed himself. I guess the next one might be And like then he giggled. Him. Yeah, he giggled. He giggled about it. Yeah. Like, dude, you worked It's like, there. who killed him? And he said, him. Who's him? Him. Big <laughs> Yeah, and he did uh, a really big over the top giggle. Yeah, so that that was kind of dramatic and very strange. And then for some reason they ask his name. I I don't I actually don't even remember them asking his name, but I, they must have because that's how they set it no, up. No, he did. He because he talks about his like his cousin, and then he's like, "All right, well, you know, well, what's your name then?" And he he, he rattles off, you know, the the four or five four or five names, and it's like Alfonso, and they're all like very stereotypical, sort of like uh, Costa Rican Costa Rican names. And he says, and that's my first name. And he specifically, yeah. And that is when the movie is like, because like, if they had said like, oh, you know, we just needed your first name. And then he had said, that is my first name. That would have been funny. A funny thing. But the movie's very much just like, no, we're just going to be like hateful for no reason. God, how can we make it? Put the racist joke in. As a matter of fact, don't even ask for the racist joke in the scene. Just put it in. Yeah, just, just he'll he'll just make like a racially insensitive comment about himself. Right. You think? You think? Hold on, that's a good question. Do you think that maybe they did deliver the line that way, where it's like, "Well, we only needed your first name," and he's like, "That is my first name." And maybe like the guy playing Samurai Cop is like, "I don't feel comfortable with this racist bit." <laughs> that's the one. That was. He's like, "God, I could do it all." Could we? Could we tell it in a way where maybe he like points out that I this actually is his don't first want name? It. What if like all of all the jokes, he thought all the jokes were funny. He thought like the black guy rolling was like, "I'm an undercover cop," but he rolls under the fence, and it's like, "Oh God, that's just classic humor." But this uh, this first name Alejandro thing. I don't put my name on that. I do want to point out that that is my favorite joke in the movie. That was a I'm an undercover cop. I'm going to be honest, I felt like the only joke in the movie. No, oh, no, yeah. there was another one. Um, the Frank's like, well, okay, so if we're going to take I'm out... I'm just saying as far as like even remotely humor. Let's take out all the like racially insensitive stuff and just do <laughs> jokes. That the last like, ten minutes? Just reasonable jokes. Okay. Like, just very reasonable jokes. So there's the undercover cop thing. Use it before you lose it. Peggy got that. And uh, I did say, I hope that's not her best line in the movie. And unfortunately it is, yeah. She doesn't get much else. Keep it warm for me. Yeah. Just a lot of like, I'm going to have sex with you later and I want you to like be prepared for me to have sex with you. 
Because we're gonna do the sex. Because oh, I oh god, back to the when they're in the when they're in the the restaurant and they're and he's like accosting these people for no reason. Right. And like the lawyers, like you can't be insulting to my client. What he what, first of all, what he should be saying is like, hey, we've told you that we're not comfortable with your, what you're doing. We've told you to stop. You're now harassing us. That is what the like actual legal jargon would be for that. Just saying like. Hey, you can't insult my client. Yes, you can. You are allowed to insult people. You can do whatever people. you want. Well, you can't do whatever you want, legally speaking. But, like, saying mean things to people is perfectly legal. That's the First Amendment. You're allowed to be mean. That's fine. Somebody could potentially sue you over it, and then it's up to the judge and everything. But, like, it's not just saying, like, it's hey, not, it's not you can't be insulting. It's not illegal to hurt someone's feelings. Yeah. It's basically what you're getting at, right? Again, you can take it to the courtroom, but a lot of judges, I don't think, are going to be like, you know... Yeah, you hurt someone's feelings in public. That's not okay. I don't. Yeah, I, I think it's not very likely to you know get off the get off the ground. But specifically, uh, when he's giving his big like, "God, I love America. We're the country of freedom, and we're the country of land right. of opportunity." He specifically says, "We're the land of opportunity, but only for legitimate business people." And like in 2022, hearing that statement and just being like, "Nope, no, that's not true." <laughs> not at all. Straight up. Threaten, straight up threaten them and with violence. And I'll send back to Japan and body bags yep. as fertilizer. Yes. And, yes. So right before he goes to leave, like that's kind of like how. Which is strictly more illegal. You can if the. Well, if, which if, is like yeah. Now I'm pretty sure um, that, threat, that your yeah. attorney has a case and. And again, if the attorney had just said the word harassment, that would have been enough. But he didn't. It's like whoever wrote this attorney's dialogue was like, I have no clue how lawyers talk. So I have lawyers work. Just tell them you're going to sue them. Just yeah, sue them for whatever. Tell them they can't because the law. Because the law. Right. And I do love how, like, that attorney gets another scene where he goes to... The, that, actually, that was the joke you liked, right? Because he's like, I'm going to file a court case in the morning. And the black guy's like, uh, actually, chump, the court's open for another three hours. I did like that one. That one was a good joke. But, like, I, I also like the one where he's, like, talking to the police chief and he's like, well, I'll see you in court. And the police chief's like, I'll see you in hell. <laughs> <laughs> The police chief is absolutely the best character. Like, I don't even care. Like, and, and, uh, God, I don't know if he's like, man, I really like these guys. He's like, how dare you kiss me on the forehead, you motherfuckers? And then he's, and then he sits back down and he's like, God, he I love getting kissed on the forehead. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie did do that where a couple of scenes went on for a few seconds too many. Whoever was editing this wasn't like, okay, that's, that's the end of the scene, clearly. But the man on this- fire at the beginning is like, First off, not him screaming. Ah, ah, in the background. He's just like closed mouth looking around. Yeah. He was burned real bad. His lips burned off. <laughs> and, and that's the other thing is like his mid torso and below was, was what was on fire. Maybe it was, was like his back and the back of his legs. Yeah. Uh, maybe when he was running around, it was kind of closer to his head, but like for the most part, and I get that that's like a budgetary restriction and everything, but like they could have filmed it a little bit differently. Like they, they did make some smart choices in the filming, like when the guy performed seppuku, right? And they zoom in on his face and his facial reaction so that they don't have to pay to, like, have the special effects team come in and show him stabbing himself in the gut. That's a smart choice. If you're trying to save money, show the reaction, because that's the other good part of this, is seeing the guy, like, grimace and go, Oh, I'm dying. I'm killing myself. That's the big payout for that shot. And, you know, if you can't show the whole thing, just show that bit, you know? So there are parts where they tried to save some money and did some good, like, cinematography stuff to, like, cut some corners. Why didn't they do that with the guy on fire? So, yeah, back to all the mistakes in this film. And it's like, so I don't know who went over the editing or something like that, but there's people who have, you know, audible lines that are not moving their mouth. They have people moving their mouth 
but saying nothing. We've got a guy who, in a, in a firefight, his first shot is a click from his gun because they forgot to... Let's talk about this really quick. Better or worse movie? Same film. All the dialogue that is spoken is dubbed over completely, and it's very clear that it doesn't match up with what they're saying. That would be better. I, I would lead more towards this being a parody of, like... At that point, the comedy would be clear, and then all the bits where you're like, oh, they just said something ridiculous here. It's like, well, they're trying to be funny. Yeah. You know, instead of now where it's like, I can't tell if they had the scene with the nurse to try to be funny or if it was literally just them like, this is what being a man is like, guys. Duh. Also, can we just talk about Frank's facial reactions throughout the film? The probably, I'm surprised that Which nobody... Frank? Frank is his uh, sidekick. He's the oh, sidekick. Yeah. Yeah. Frank's facial expressions throughout the film, I'm surprised that neither of you were like, Frank's my favorite. Because those facial expressions are god tier. Honestly, like every time I saw Frank's face, it seemed like he was modeling headshots. I, and I, I loved it. I loved that. I mean, that's fair, but, like, he, he was supposed to be attractive black man. Which, by the way, every other black man... Well, I guess that's a, that's a rude thing to say, is that they were less attractive than Frank. Well, they were not uh, I feel like they were, they were posed people. that way. To, to be fair, you know, when you're hiring extras, you don't get a baby face person, right? Because those are typically people who are actual actors who are going to get paid a lot more. You get extras that are, like... Regular looking people, because one, that seems more natural, and two, it's typically a lot cheaper. Sure. But yeah, I do agree. I I wouldn't say that there were no other good looking black men in the movie. The guys that they called in from New York, a couple of those guys were good looking dudes. They were a little older, maybe, but like... Right. Well, well, that's the thing. It's like, like Frank Frank was in a certain demographic. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, he, he nailed it. I think he had that perfect, like, oh, he's he's one of the good ones, is what they were trying to, like, fucking pose off there. Sure. Um, he is also, like, it's very shitty that he is the only, like, good guy black person, and, like, all the other black people in the movie are explicitly villains, or, like, henchmen at the very right. least. And that's a, a product of the time, you know, we have one token black guy who's one of the good ones, as you said, and then we have the rest of the black people who are just, like, an overwhelming number of black people, too. Like, it's a... It's, I was impressed with how many black people were in the movie, but I was very disappointed with how each and every one of them is, like, a gun-toting villain trying to kill the I was guys. surprised with how few, like, Asian people were in the movie. In the, in the Katana gang. In the-, in the Katana gang. And then they're pulling out, like, here's everybody else. It's just blacks and whites and, and, and then the one Spanish, or two Asian some, people. They only had one actual Asian person hold a sword at the end of the movie. Every other person that had a sword, like, white guys. Yeah, they had one Asian henchman, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Because they had the one the one main Asian guy. In the very beginning, um, not the Katana gang, but whoever it was that they were talking to in the very beginning, had two Asian henchmen. True. And and they did the the kung fu moves and, and... Totally. But then, like, the the next big fight scene, first guy to pull out a sword is uh, a small white man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can I just... Yeah. Not to interrupt, but... You were saying, like, Frank was pretty traditionally like, good-looking. And then we have our main character, Joe, Joe Sleazeball. Um, <laughs> With 16 wigs. We've not even talked about the hair yet, but listen. Like, obviously, he's got a good body. Like, he's a bodybuilder. You can kind of see. Good-looking dude. Right? Yeah. But they have, like, a couple scenes where they zoom into his face. And I'm just like, you couldn't have tweezed between his eyebrows, like, just a little bit? Because it's fucking unibrow. And there were a couple of scenes also where his, like, his eyes popped a little too big and that was very scary for me like seeing his eyes go all the way open it was just like <gasps> I love how we started the movie and he's like we gotta crack down on the cocaine rig and it's like every scene where we see his face it looks like he is coked absolutely out <laughs> of his mind how else do you think they produced this movie his okay? facial expressions definitely look like he's got that jaw roll and it's like they did this in they're all days. sweating <laughs> I, think, I think Ashley is onto something here very likely he was on cocaine but I do appreciate you wanting and desiring for him to be a good enough actor that he can be on be high on cocaine 
and not look like that. So I agree. I think that a good actor would, would like, if someone told me, like, yeah, you know, uh, Willem Dafoe just died and went through all of his, like, you know, personal, like, writings and whatnot. Turns out he was high on cocaine in, like, every movie he was in. You know, I get that, like, a lot of people are like, yeah, look at him. Of course he was high on cocaine. But as I'm watching them, I'm like, no, he's a good enough actor that I don't, I don't believe that he was high on cocaine in this. He, he, he might have been, but he doesn't look like that. He right. looks like an actor really giving it his all. And that kind of brings us into the how often there were scenes and line delivery and acting choices that were just like, the person doing this just didn't care. They weren't, like, enthusiastic or into it. And then other scenes were, like, even just extras or whatever would be, like, delivering a line in a way where you're like, wow, that person's really acting right now. So, so the commissioner guy was like his lines, and again, this is why he's my favorite. It's like you motherfuckers, and it's just like he got hella into it. And even like uh, that first car chase scene, they're like shoot, shoot, go, mm-hmm. go, shoot, shoot. And it's but that's like, the main <laughs> character in the movie that's saying yeah. shoot him. Not come on, man, go start shooting him already. Something like and even the most lackluster line delivery for that would be so much better than just go, go, shoot, shoot. Come on. There was a point later on where Frank. Uh, is shooting the the black guy with the rifle. I didn't hear what he said. It was like they didn't catch it right or something. It's like get him. Yeah. It's like a lot of these lines were delivered the way that like you ever hear like you know how like you know what a cat's meow sounds like. It's like that meow, that good big right. meow sound. And then sometimes you'll just hear your cat make like a weird noise, and they're kind of like half heartedly making it. Like, they know that they're not supposed to sound this way. A lot of the lines were delivered that way. <laughs> where they're just, like, giving the line and, like, was that good? And they're like, well, we're not going to reshoot it. So, yeah, that's what we're keeping. <laughs> we only have so much film. Yeah. We can I... only pay someone to, like, dub, like, your your line delivery over this so much. And Listen, we're just going to fix the really bad We need ones. to hustle. My mom needs us out of the basement by Wednesday. Like, we're going to go with the scene. Yeah. We can't use the same parking lot every single parking lot can show And up. just the house is like, I'm not an architect or anything like that. But he's like, yeah, this is my house on the beach. And it looked like a painting of a house on the beach. And he's like, yeah. And then they're in the pool. Where'd the pool come from? Yeah, and well, it's like, come then back they, in the pool. Then they run around the side and there's like a chain link fence between him and the next house. And it's like, this is clearly not on the beach. So. Can we talk about that beach scene for a second now that you bring it up? Is uh, It's like they go down on the beach... We pointed out their swimsuits and everything. Then we cut to the next scene very quickly, rather jarring. And I was like, why did they go? And they, then to they the came beach? back. And then at the very end of the movie, last scene of the movie, it's like, oh, they just filmed this all in one go. But uh, that I, makes uh, sense. I do want to say that, like, uh, I know that we're not huge fans of that, that really fast, like, unexplained transition that just happens out of nowhere. And it's like, there's ah, one good one. Now they're now they're fucking like you know like the, those, the one where they cut to the white guy and it's just like like they have their one scene and they're like. Hey, go check in the <laughs> And there's just him <laughs> surrounded by shrub. I know we don't love those, but for a movie that's, again, very low to the ground, we're trying to, like, get this done cheaply and everything, I do respect them. I'm like, yeah, you kind of have to, right? Like, you kind of just have to get to the next one. Uh, and I, I do appreciate how it, the movie didn't, like, lose momentum a whole lot. It did, like, shift its momentum to a different thing that's unrelated for no reason, it didn't lose any of that kinetic energy where it's like, and we're going, and we're going, and we're going. I um, definitely, I, I felt like there was points back to like the, the scenes not being placed correctly. Because mm-hmm. we, we talked about it during the movie where it was, um, what the fuck, like they had their whole thing in the restaurant where they're like, his name's Samurai Joe Swanson, whatever the fuck that was. Marshall. Marshall. Joe, Joe Marshall. And they, they do that. They do the whole expose. Now we all know who he is. It's like, I want you to send a man to break his legs. Somebody goes to break his legs, and then, like, the next scene, it's, like, them in a different venue going, like, 
His name's Samurai Joe Marshall. Re-explain. And we need to send someone to break his legs. And then later on, it's like, get some guys from New York, break his legs or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) They were obsessed with breaking legs. (laughs) Those legs had to go. He's like, kill the man. It's like, are are you being a little hasty? Like, can't we just break his legs or something? I I pointed this out several times in the movie. Several times. Way too many times. In the movie, but I feel like it should probably be noted. This is an ass man's like movie. Like whoever yes. was doing the cinematography for this, and it's, it's a lot of male gaze. It's a lot of like, oh, and look, titties, and oh, look, I'm just gonna like zoom in on that more than anything else. Ass center frame, very much like you know the, the focal the point where it's like three quarters of the frame is ass, and it's like, oh yeah, she's got a face too, by the way, like attached to attached to that ass. Yeah, a lot of like the like the establishing sort of like. You know, hey, we're just going to start here and like move up the body, and then it'll pause on the ass for entirely too long, and then get they to do the, the zoom in and out thing. Wow, wow, wow! <laughs> I just want to point out that uh, two out of the four naked women that we saw had the exact same pair of panties on. I think they only had again back to the budget. They only had a single pair of panties. Why did they the just wear their panties? <laughs> I'm just pointing out. Um, also, the sound effects. Um, this the, whatever that music. I was like, oh god, and, that was so good. I loved that <laughs> twice. In the, twice in the same scene, like seconds right apart, back, yeah. and then uh, they use that same sound effect. Da, 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 da. Uh, they, they would use it inconsistently too, like where it's like sometimes it would be to like let you know, like oh shit's about to get real, and then other times it would be to let you know someone made a mistake. Like you know what? They probably paid to use that sound, so they're like trying to get the most out get, of it. Yeah, get what, get the yeah. Money. We have a single button soundboard. It just makes the one. Noise. <laughs> uh, you uh, you pointed this out while we were watching, James. Uh, you were like, uh, "Hey, the because because that's what happens to Peggy by the end of the movie. She gets like boiled on. Like they take boiling oil or water. I'm assuming or, like, it's supposed to be oil. Yeah, like yeah. the straight weird torture scene after the worst cooking scene i i do like that specifically the like the the anti-samurai joe marshall character he specifically is like i'm not gonna have sex with you right now i'm not here to rape you and i was like oh thank you thank you god because a lot of that scene felt very much like all right pin her down boys and now i'm gonna i guess i have like fucking ptsd from watching nightingale (laughs) i'm just like please don't do it please don't do it leave this woman alone But yeah, right right before that scene, she's like, so she takes a pot with a lid out of the fridge, puts it on the stove. I don't know what happens next, but the pot is gone, and she has a frying pan. She's uh, she's then stirring something in the frying pan and brings it to the freezer. And I think the freezer is where the oil came from. I don't know. No, no fucking clue. Yeah. So yeah, they're they're like, hey, do you know how to cook? And she's like, no, no, I, I'm an actress. I've never I, done that before. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we hire people for that. All right. Well, look, this is a kitchen. Just grab shit. Just do something. And then somebody's gonna attack him, and she's oh. like, "All right." I think you're painting it up incorrectly because the way you the way you just described it sounds almost like she has enough money to pay people to do this for her. She definitely does. The situation you're instead right. is you're right. she lives out of her van, probably one of the vans we see in the movie, and she goes and all of her food comes from the restaurant she is a fucking uh, a, a server at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just. Just to be clear, this movie had no money in it. If anybody on the set was like, oh, actually, my parents are rich, or I could just get, like, a cool loan of, like, 50 grand or something from them. The movie would have been better. Strictly <laughs> better film, yeah. There wouldn't have been so many scenes where it's, like, just suddenly very blue. And the yeah. beginning where it's like, hey, can you can you zoom in? And they're like, all right, but my hands are already really unsteady. Yeah. So when I zoom in, uh, <laughs> there's an earthquake in San Diego. Yeah. 
Earthquake in uh, Oregon. Oregon, Oregon. We've San Diego, settled. This is Washington, somewhere around over there. Right. I again feel like, for whatever reason, in my head as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, this is just Miami, Florida. Miami Beach, Florida. I think you were just hooked on that from your from your guests in the beginning. And also, like, they're pushing cocaine, and that's kind of a Miami yeah. type thing. Yeah. And, you know, if I was a Yakuza member, and I was like, where am I going to set up shop at? Where am I going to sell the most cocaine in America? It would probably... Miami would be in my top five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without a shadow of a doubt. But, yeah, uh... uh <laughs> God, there's so many fucking things. But yeah, so they, they burn uh, uh, Peggy, and you specifically pointed out that they were like, well, I guess she really did keep it warm. <laughs> My question is, do you think that they were foreshadowing purposefully? Oh, there's no fucking way. There's absolutely no way. No. No. God, you know what? Maybe, you know what? I'm willing to give it to him. Way too much credit. Hey, no, no, no. I gave him credit for the small sword and the wave crash on the rock. And so, if they're like, keep it warm for me, like I made that joke, and like I think it's a funny joke. And the fact that they didn't specifically said it was probably them being sensitive and smart about the joke. You're right. I think that I think that's it. I'm not saying it's for sure, and I'm not saying I know for certain because I can't. Right? I can't. I'm just saying all I'm the just shitty saying... jokes they made about everything insensitive. I couldn't be the only one that thought that. James has convinced me. Is all I'm trying to say is something about the way you've described all these other like little smart things that came up. Now I'm thinking about that and the joke you made, and I'm like, maybe you're onto something. <laughs> <laughs> You have convinced me, sir. This is a smart movie. I fucking called it. Well, at least, at the very least, they have a couple things in here that I cannot help but to think, maybe they were trying to be smart about these one or two or three things, you know? Fuck. Can I also point out something? Because she said, you know, like, come by or whatever. And he's like, yeah, maybe I'll come by. Mm -hmm. So keep it warm for me. And then he's literally going. He's on his way to a date with a different person. When these people show up to her house, she's cooking. Maybe for him. Because she thinks, well, maybe he'll come by. Gets tortured. And then it's like, yeah, he's on a date with this other lady. So she's she's not in the movie again after the torture. No! Yeah, that's true. One of the many reasons why her best line was, use it before you lose it. She's, uh, She's now been deformed and as anybody knows during the 80s if you're a deformed woman you're like, gone let's let's take a moment to think about that like if she showed up for the big final fight right and she's like bandaged up in her torso or whatever the fuck you know and at the end of the movie you know the two girls are like hey what's going on here and he embraced just both women equally and was like yeah i don't give a fuck that you're deformed or anything like i'm still on board i'm sure that's the exact words he would have used I would not be shocked. Oh, God. How many times did they say shit in the restaurant scene? At least five. But they all Selling your shit out of to place. these shitty kids. And you're killing the shit out of the shit kids. And <laughs> You're right. I, I, I agree, Ashley. They put them like in rapid succession of each other. So it's like... This they probably only like said it four times. But yeah. yeah. Giving cocaine to our kids in school. Your dumb shit. Get your shit out of here. Yeah. Like, I was surprised. Uh, that it, they had said it so many times. I was surprised more characters didn't say it because it's basically just Frank and uh, Joe saying shit. As the lawyer guy is talking, I'm like, is he gonna say shit? He's gonna say shit. He did. He didn't. Well, he's a lawyer. Yeah, lawyer doesn't know the word harassment or like you know mm-hmm. police brutality, any mm-hmm. of those things. But he does know that's not nice. You can't be mean to my client. <laughs> I was expecting to see more of the uh, the uh, the mother. Uh, I think it was. Like, she showed up just in that scene for What's-Her-Face to be like, and I've met the most wonderful man, and I'm going to leave the Yakuza. Yeah, with the lion. With, uh, the, with the best lion bust. The, easily the best, like, uh, background sort of, like, uh, uh, <laughs> dressing sort of character. Like, clearly I was watching for stuff in the background, but that lion... It was not In background. the office, I was like, what is that for? And the way they panned, like, the camera... 
they had the lion like center and her slightly off to the right. And I was like, why? I'm reasonably sure why? during one of the exits of the scene, they cut. So this guy has a fascination with ass and lions because after he like tracks her out the door, it's like, that lion though. I'm almost positive they track back to it. They, they do have the, that's one of the scenes that lasts a few seconds too long. And very much she is kind of like, just a few degrees right of center, mm-hmm. and the lion's a few too many degrees close to center, and it's like, it feels like I'm supposed to be looking at the lion. Like, is that a camera? Is that a guy hiding in the wall? Is that... Because it's not even, like, a good lion bust. What, like, what if this was supposed to be Lion Cop, and then they, like, found out that they don't have the rights to that, or there's some sort of lawsuit? Like, no, 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 that's, that's too close to Lion King. It's like, oh, Disney's right. such an asshole about that. Well, we're keeping the mask. <laughs> Well, we'll keep it in just to let people know we almost had lion coming. We got <laughs> fucked out of that. <laughs> got it. Where's the? Uh, there's no way anybody would put a voice to this, but there's got to be like director commentary on this video, like while they're talking. God, and what's with the subtitles? Because like I can kind of understand the subtitles when they're doing the the really racist scene, and he says, "What are you doing with these geeks?" Because I know he didn't say geeks. There's no fucking way. After everything he said, he said geeks. But then like the other, the the Asian guy is like, "Oh, you American cops." Always letting your cinnamon get in the way. And I know he said sentiment. I know that's what the line was. Or, oh, yeah. Or when the guy says, we just have a little business with you, but it comes up as like, we bed have nap. some, yeah, bed nap with you. And I'm like, that's not right. So, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I, there's, there's somebody who worked very hard on these subtitles out there and we're just like giving them the fucking heat for no reason. Like, <laughs> he's like, whoa, all those other mistakes and you're shitting on me for cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 and, and it should be noted that it's not as if they like the subtitles come with the movie. That's not how it works. Right. The subtitles are made by a company that, that, like, whatever channel this is pays, and they're like, right. yeah, just make subtitles for all of our movies, and that's it. That guy did his best, you know, for all of the maybe 10 people He's that He's like, listen, there's movie. so much bullshit going on in this movie, I could write whatever I want down And here. we did watch it on a free streaming service, like, it, they're not paying him a whole lot for this, you right. know? He's doing the Lord's work, so sometimes he's probably got text to speech, and it's just close enough where it's like I thought he said cinnamon. I was like, surely he meant sentiment. Or he watched all these movies like back to back to back to back, and this is like the ninth movie of the day, and he's like, all right, this is the last one. All right, okay, I'm done. You know, we don't know this guy's life, so wherever you are, is I'm going to recommend this movie to every person I meet for the rest of my life. Bad subtitles or not? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I have been I've been recommending History of Future Folk for for a while now, and like this has been blown out of the water. I do think that. Uh, it kind of does put into perspective how like mild history of future folk was in terms of like it's like oh that's that's not they weren't very ne- the Latina lady was basically raped and it's like it could have been this, could've been this yeah. <laughs> um, I do I do think that uh, that was another thing that like Joe Marshall was like one of his character traits is how often women would basically be like yeah I'm not into it and he'd be like no 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 let me convince you or like let me just keep saying yes even though he you're was saying basically no. harassing everyone was like what are you doing for dinner today it's like actually I got plans it's like how about tomorrow night Friday's the busiest night what about Sunday I go to church on Sunday well yeah. uh, how about and fucking I think if they had had more budget they would have spent it on prolonging that scene <laughs> <laughs> or a couple of five or six more fucking nude scenes I mean if you really put it into perspective she's in this room alone with a cop that's really freaking pushy and like strictly more physically imposing than you are too. oh god yeah how, how did you think i'd come back to your house you grabbed me by the arm <laughs> how'd you know i'd come home with you? you threw me into your car I, I literally i'm stronger than you are i can lift you up and take you wherever i want to actually so i knew for a fact as soon as i saw your pathetic weakness. I, I knew I was going to get you in my house. Yeah, he never does, like, anything that's, like, outright, like, rapey, but that stuff is, like, it's... I, I, that, that one scene with the pushy suggestions for a date, mm-hmm. 
I do probably think, as rapey as it gets. We did talk about this in the creep episode a little bit, where it's like there comes a point where you're kind of just trying to say anything to convince them. Like you're like, oh, it's gonna be a long drive back home, or it's too late, you know. And then you know later on, the the characters like. Oh well, you know, it's uh, it's not that long of a drive. You right. know? Like they like go backwards on the things that they said. Basically, this is like the sh- the not nuanced version of that. Like I feel like this highlights how good Creep was at that, and this movie is just kind of like this is how guys act. Yeah, because like. When you make a character the protagonist, you're kind of telling the audience, like, hey, this is someone who can act sort of as a role model for you. So it's like, there are a lot of movies that exist where they're sort of playing with that. They're like, hey, this is the main character. This is the person who's, like, the most frequent character. He's kind of moving the plot along, and he's learning and changing and growing throughout the film. But he's specifically not someone you can, like, look up to or someone that you can, like, connect with in Mm -hmm. any meaningful way. They're specifically someone that you should look at and go, that's the protagonist, but, like, yikes. I think that, like, one of the movies that does that, that people don't get that that's what's happening, is uh, Wolf of Wall Street. You're very much supposed to, like, watch that movie and be like, I get how this person, like, starts off in, like, a pretty decent place, but the further they go into this rabbit hole, the more they become a detestable, awful person. And you're supposed to feel that way, but most people are like, I just want to be that guy. He had a lot of money, and he got to have sex with Margot Robbie. She's hot. <laughs> we need to be able to make the, distingu- this, the, the distinction. And I don't think this movie's trying to make that distinction. I think it's trying to say, this is what you should be like if you're a man. Well, I'm just saying, like, as you were talking about that, I couldn't help but latch on to uh, learn, change, and grow. And um, he certainly did none of those things. Yeah. At least in my eyes in the movie. No, I, don't, I, I agree. I don't think this movie's he trying to do that. That way, and he ended the same way, and all the people around him got hurt, but he was fine. And none of them changed from being hurt either, other than, like, the ones that well, died. Well, we, we don't see him again. Yeah. The ones that were hurt. Yeah, so that's that's what I'm saying. This movie's not trying to do that. It is very much just male power fantasy. It wants you to be like, oh, yeah, that's how I'm going to be. And that's why I say, like, this isn't, like, a nuance. This isn't one of those things that we can argue whether or not it's nuanced. It is just they wanted you to be like, wow, I want to be a samurai cop. I want to be a kick-ass dude. I mean, obviously, sorry, we're looking at, like, all these, like, problematic things through our modern lens, but do you think this is a movie? That that, someone was proud to make? That was, someone was like, at the end of it, they are like, yeah, I'm so glad I got this story. I'm so glad we made this movie. And do you think, like, people that watched it were like, yeah, that was a great movie. I yes, love yes, that. Yes, yes to both of those questions. Like, I think genuinely. It made, yes. If it made enough money to warrant a sequel, if they made I enough money to pay for a sequel. So, so hold on, hold on. Stop, stop, stop. 1985. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Don't we're, we're taking away our modern lens. We're looking sure. at this through their lens. 1985. There are a lot of movies similar to this. Predator or other stuff like that, you know. Where characters just die. Nobody learns or changes or grows. There's nothing really interesting. I'm not saying the Predator does all those things. I'm just saying that, like, this is not an uncommon thing at the time. All the racist or, like, culturally insensitive stuff, all the sexist stuff, all the, like, rapey stuff, they don't even see that. They don't know that that's happening. They're just... Yep, that's how you treat black people. They're all coke dealers and villains and criminals, except for maybe one of them, I guess. He's one of the good ones. It's very, very likely that someone described Frank's character as one of the good ones completely unironically in 1985. So to say, like, do you think anyone actually, like, legitimately watched this and thought it was, like, good and, like, an artistic piece of filmmaking or, like, a good piece of filmmaking or, like, they're glad to have gotten the story out... Without a shadow of doubt, someone thought this was their magnum opus for a time. At the very least, they thought that this was, like, good enough to make the money. Yeah. They thought it was good enough to make a second one, and I can't wait to watch the second one. So the second one was made 30 years later? So it's very much like a, hey, we got a cult fan following for Samurai Cop. For the record, I am showing you, like, what is considered a cult classic. People love this movie for its, like, culty kind of, like, wow, this is, like, a weird movie. It's, like, kind of goofy and Really? Yes. 
You didn't get that vibe when you were watching it? No. Yeah. I, no, I 100% saw it because it, it remi- every mistake is like, like uh, you know, it's like the, meme worthy. It's yeah. all meme worthy. Like, you know, the bit in one of the Indiana Jones movies where he like pushes the brick out and you can see that it's made out of styrofoam because it like bounces away. Mm-hmm. This is like every scene is that every fucking everything that comes out of somebody's mouth is that styrofoam brick. So the reason we got Samurai Cop 2 is because of the, like, meme, like, fan-following meme culture very much pushed it into that point where it's like, yeah, if we asked to get money to make this, somebody would say yes. Just off of, like, the fan-following for the first one. We got, what, uh, the, the sequel to The Thing in, like, 2011 or some shit, and when The Thing came out, nobody liked that movie. And then 10 years, 20 years later, people were like, this is one of the greatest films that has ever been made. Not even for, like, meme reasons or satire reasons, but for, like, it was mischaracterized when it was made. And then in 2011, we got the, the sequel to The Thing, or the prequel to The Thing, I guess, and it's fucking trash, but, like, it's fine. It's like a painting, but it's very much Alien 3. It's their executives making decisions that should not have been left up to executives, especially since, like, all the things that make the original so good are, like, hey, we're young and hungry filmmakers, and we're going to, like, push ourselves to really make something that works more than it's, like, what is, like, the most optimal. That's the difference, I think, and we don't talk about this enough, and I think me and James talk about this a little bit, but, like, innovating to make something that works and is, like, good on the merit of, like, we've worked really hard to make this work is so much better than doing whatever is most optimal. Having a connection with, like... Like yourself and your audience and like what you are capable of doing is much more important to me than like hey we, we're gonna use cgi because that's like the best thing that we've got right now and we're gonna use i just fucking hate that shit and that's kind of how i have a very soft spot for the prequel to the thing i fucking hate that shit so uh the last the last bad thing because i think i said something about it but his 16 wigs uh, oh yes because there was a body double with almost the same wig and we just didn't see that guy's face and i don't really understand it because it's not like they were doing anything that required a body double, really. But let's let's say that they did. His hair is at least four different styles throughout the movie, sometimes within the same scene. Yep. Four different shades of color. Even. Different colors. He has flat iron hair, and then he shoots a guy, and then it's curly. I don't know how guns work, but, like, it's not that. <laughs> um, and then uh, I just wanted to talk about the predictions there, because I think I was pretty fucking spot on with some of them. You had a couple bullseyes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... Uh, no, almost no samurai. He, he punches people. Um, that's like, until the end of fight, that's all the samurai we get is he punches people. I do think that he's almost 0% cop. I think that we, the prediction we made was like he's going to be heavy cop, light samurai. And I think he's basically just like, oh, that was my, God, that was my favorite scene with like the J. Jonah Jameson, get me pictures of Spider-Man, fucking yeah. police chief character, where he's literally like, hey, they, they fucked us up. They really messed up, you know, Peggy, the, the, this is all so bad. I want you to go out there and just ruthlessly kill all of them then we'll quit being cops <laughs> then we'll turn in our badges yeah but and we won't like, see any repercussions and we won't, won't even show cops. that scene like we won't show them being like alright we're done being cops enough. and that would be a cool way to start Samurai Cop 2 where they're like now Police Chief Frank and uh, and Joe and maybe even Peggy I'd love to see Peggy again right are all like vigilante cops now that'd be a cool thing to explore but they didn't, uh, yeah, they, did, they didn't do any of that. And I think your, your point about that scene was just like, go, go kill them all. And it's like, yeah, from now on we'll do that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we certainly have been doing exactly what police officers do up until this point, And we haven't done anything extra legal or anything like that. We've been very patient with our criminals, very kind to them. Very gentle. Yeah. What, what about... We definitely uh, didn't light a guy on fire in the first scene. <laughs> What, what about at the, uh, they, they do this scene where they all turn in their badges and, like, Commissioner turns in his badge and Frank turns in his badge and they, they look over at Joe and he's like, well, I've been fired for years. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually Do, do you think they let me do that? 
oh, they wouldn't even let me have this haircut in the, in the, in the police precinct. Like, there's no way in hell. <laughs> um, so, yeah, almost no cop. Basically not cop. But basically not samurai. Yeah, that's true. Um, he, he was 90% scumbag. So. <laughs> he was just scumbag. If they had literally, if Frank had just been like, all right, man, I've convinced these people you're a police officer. Don't mention anything about homeless stuff. Like, you're just, like, like you ever see the movie Hobo with a Shotgun? I've not. So it's kind of a similar thing, but he is very much a vigilante. Like, he's not a police officer. He's not sanctioned by the state in any way. But I think that would be kind of fun to explore, where it's just like, yeah, my best friend, Frank, that I went to, like, high school, and we've been friends ever since. He lets me, like, sleep in his garage and everything. Like, he convinced his police chief back in 1985 when, like, there wasn't, like, a really well-interconnected computer system to prove that this guy's a cop. He just says, yeah, dude, this is the big cop. He's been in Japan. That's why there's no paperwork for him. If that were the backdrop of this film... 1,000% 1,000% better. They're like, alright, where does he live? And it's like, i got to fly him in from San Diego. And it's like, Frank, just get, get something from, get a San Diego bumper sticker, I don't fucking care. Wear a hat that just says San Diego on it and take it off almost immediately after <laughs> being here. I want to know if that's what his hat said, because he wore a hat for the opening scene and they're like, God, that makes the wig look stupid, take it off. <laughs> okay, does anybody have anything else for the film? We're kind of we're kind of getting a little bit close to time. If we have anything, I'm more than willing to. No, I, I think I think we've covered everything that makes this movie great um, and everything that made the movie not great. I don't know. I, I don't think there was any of that. So ten out of ten. 10 out of 10. 11, um, 11 out of 10. I think that, I, I for me, I really like this movie for like an introduction to, to B-movies for people, but I do I do worry, and the reason I didn't introduce you to like some of my favorite B-movies this way is that I do worry that people think that this is just how all B-movies are. That was are. a C-movie. And it is very much not. Like, a lot of B-movies are a lot worse than this, even. Oh, know? no. This is, I, I'm sorry, you thought we were going the other way? No, no, no. This is kind of top of the mountain for a B-movie. For the time? For always. For always. This movie's actually entertaining and fun. It, I was definitely. I gotta say, I had more fun watching this than Ooga Booga. This is this is one of the better ones. Well, I'll 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 make you watch Ooga Booga at one point. And you'll be like, well, it was all right, but it wasn't any samurai. Cop, it for was sure. not. <laughs> go go this watch. This is the level of B. I know we're kind of dogging on the movie and being like, it's a ten out of ten, her her. But like, it is a well-made B movie. A lot of the decisions are very clearly in there to save money. But yeah, um, so we're we're being a little unfair to this because of our like prejudice against like non-Hollywood films, like non-like A-lister shit. When you have a limited production, you have less money. I mean, that's fair. I I don't know. After a certain point, there's like, do you chalk it up to like this is the absolute best they could do, or is like, is there a mistake? And I think I personally, I'd call that. A mistake. Oh, it and is a mistake. I, like my my entire argument is predicated on the editor made a mistake. Right. But editors make mistakes. That's very normal. They need time and money to fix those mistakes. It's just like when people are like being critical of like certain CGI and like older like movies or whatever. And it's like, well, the CGI in a movie that was made in the same year looked way better. And it's like, yeah, they got less money for this other movie. It's not that the people doing the CGI are less talented or they were lazy or anything. It's just they had a budget of $100 million and the other one had a budget of $500 million. And there's a strict difference in how much time that allots for you. The number of editors you're going to have, you know, or the number of CGI artists you're going to have. And that's like, it, I, I hate seeing that on the internet. It's my fucking least favorite thing. And it's like, yeah, because they got less money. But it looks pretty good for what they did or what they had. Uh, I think if they spent less money on cocaine, they would have been able to make a better That's movie. what it was. They spent too much money on cocaine. Well, then how would they get the movie done in three days? <laughs> they had to have the cocaine <laughs> to get it done in just three days. <laughs> Otherwise, they could have afforded maybe like four can, different can we, pairs Can of we get days. a good editor? It's like, I don't know, man. All the editors in town, they don't take cocaine. We, we already spent the money. We don't have money for him. We just have the cocaine. But yeah, I don't know. Fun, uh, fun movie. 
Um, I definitely have my gripes about it, but that doesn't make it any less of a good movie. I was entertained the whole time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. At no point of, was I like, this is shit and I could be doing anything else with my time. There's a lot of like gripe-worthy stuff for sure. And uh, and certainly very entertaining movie. God, so many so many things to say about it in so little time. God, uh, just watch the movie. God, are, you know what? We, are we going to start doing the thing where it's like we rec- like thumbs up, thumbs down? Do we recommend the movie? Because I feel like you recommend everything that, that you suggest for this. I'm not in the business of trying to recommend anything to anyone. Listen, I'm just going to say, uh, watch Samurai Cop. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and call that a day for this episode. Way to go, team. Good, good hustle out Woo! there. Good hustle. Yeah, yeah. Go, guys. And, and lady guy.